0: So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
1: Hi, everybody. Welcome back to WFAN's Baseball Insiders Yankees podcast for Thursday, July 15th. Hope everybody enjoyed the all-star break. The Yankees are back in action on Thursday night, first of a four-game series against the Red Sox. Don't have to tell you how big of a series this is. The Yankees enter the second half eight games back could have been a lot worse. They did gain a little bit of ground, but not enough. Of course, the Yankees are 0-6 and against the Red Sox this year. A chance to make up for that in a big way over the course of the next two weeks. In the next 11 days, the Yankees play the Red Sox eight times. I don't know if you heard me say that anytime recently. Been looking at this since the Red Sox swept the Yankees for the second time last month. A pair of three-game series, one in New York, one in Fenway. So far in the first half, only six meetings, the Red Sox have won all six. And the Yankees haven't. uh, It's actually quite similar to 2009 in that regard because the Yankees lost the first eight matchups with the Red Sox in 2009. 0-8 to start the year. And for those of you who don't remember it as clearly, 2009 the Yankees were in their second year under Joe Girardi. In 2008, they missed the playoffs. It was the first time they'd missed the playoffs at all in the wildcard era. So, uh, remember, Joe Girardi took over for Joe Torre after the 2007 season. 2008, they missed the playoffs. 2009, they are a good team. They've spent a lot of money. They signed free agents like CC Sabathia, A.J. Burnett, and Mark Teixeira. Spent hundreds of millions of dollars. Alex Rodriguez did not start the season healthy. He had a hip issue Uh, Came back in May and uh, was going to have a good season, uh, but it was just starting slow because of the hip surgery they'd had uh, earlier in the spring. So he doesn't come back until May. Yankees are struggling out of the gate, and they lose their first eight games in a row against the Red Sox. Um, And it's fair to wonder if the Yankees could beat them, if they were good enough, if... uh, The Red Sox were in their heads. Were they going to just lose all year to Boston? Were they going to be able to turn this around? Was their inability to beat the Red Sox going to keep them from making the playoffs, winning the division, whatever the case may be? Um, I actually had a chance to ask Joe Girardi about this last month after the Red Sox finished off the last Yankees sweep. And uh, this is a couple of minutes of my conversation with Joe Girardi about really just what it took to get his team to believe that they could beat the other team when they hadn't beat them over the course of a very long stretch of time. Yankees are 0-6 against the Red Sox. In 2009, you started out 0-8 against the Red Sox.
2: I remember, yes.
1: Good, I'm glad you remember. Um, it ended pretty well, and you rebounded against them in particular. Do you remember what the feeling was like, though, being at 0-8 and trying to convince yourselves and your players that you could rebound from that? Were there certain meetings that stand out, certain things that stand out to you?
2: I I think I remember having a meeting in Boston telling guys it would change. Uh, We were too good for it not to change, and just there were some strange things that happened during the course of that 0-8. And I said, basically, don't worry about it. It's going to change. Um, and I think we ended up like 9 and 10 that year against them. And, and it did. And sometimes it just happens that way. But, you know, you win a game where you come back and all of a sudden you can get on a roll against the team. It's just you don't make too much out of six games when you play 19. Now, if it's a seven-game series, you probably got to make a lot out of it. They're going to play them 19 times, so you don't make too much of it.
1: Was there? Did you feel a certain amount of pressure because you had missed the playoffs the year before, and here you are facing the Red Sox, and you can't beat them? I mean, you're trying yeah, to tell I them mean, they can do it, but are you are you seriously feeling that in your heart that they can?
2: Well, I did because I knew we had a really good team. I, I did. Um, I mean, you, you hear the noise sometimes. You know, you'd be walking down the street, and someone will say something to you. But, I mean, you just got to stick with your plan and, and stick by your players and know that they're – they're talented and they can turn it around
1: and just one more on that how hard is it to convince players that it's going to happen when it hasn't happened yet it's one thing to look at it in hindsight you know I try to tell this story now and people are saying well that team had Jeter and that team had this that team had that but at that particular point in time you were still 0-8 against the Red Sox and you couldn't foresee what was happening how hard is it to convince yourselves and everybody of that?
2: I think it depends what type of group you have. I think if you have an experienced group, you don't worry too much. If you have a bunch of young kids, you worry. I mean, if I'm not mistaken, they've had Boston's number the last few years. Yeah. So they know that they can beat them. Um, so it's just they got to play better. That last
1: part is kind of interesting to me about what Joe Girardi said about the the veteran team. You know, the Yankees have some veteran players, but what have they accomplished? You know, the Yankees in 2009 had veteran players who had won World Series rings, uh, who had been to the playoffs every, who had very recently come back from bad seasons. The Yankees had bad starts, I should say, in 2005, 2007. They had gotten off to some pretty bad starts and found their way back into the mix with hot second halves, and uh, and found their way to, found their way back into the playoff picture. Uh, this Yankees team has a lot. of a lot more to go because you know their players haven't done it and their manager hasn't done it to this degree coming back I mean Um, the Yankees have lost playoff series they have not advanced to a world series Aaron Boone's in his fourth year as manager this is by far the toughest year he has had uh, compared to his previous three and uh, the the Yankees have not shown you anything this year that shows you that they're able to dig themselves out of this. It's not like they are imminently getting healthier either, and you're waiting for all their stars to come back. It's okay, when this happens, now they're going to go on a roll. Don't know that yet. Um, The the weird part about what really happened, the strange part, I shouldn't even say strange, just the part that really gives you less faith that anything is possible in the second half, the last ten games of the first half, Yankees won 5-5 five and five in the last 10 games of the first half. And those 10 games included three of the worst losses in a 10-game stretch I can ever remember. Three of the worst losses, period, I can ever remember. If you think about the Angels game uh, that enrolled as Chapman Blue, and the Mets game that enrolled as Chapman Blue, and then the Astros game that Chad Green Blue those are three of the toughest, worst losses you might have. One of those games in an entire season, maybe two. The Yankees had three in ten games. That's really hard to overcome. That's not what good teams are. Good teams don't blow three games like that. Now the Chapman issue is something that is a much longer brewing thing over the course of about a month, and he's basically removed from his closer's role. Uh, I'm pretty sure he's going to have to earn that back. He's just not going to be given the chance to close games again, assuming you know everybody else is is uh, available and coming out of the break. Obviously, everybody is. The Green thing is interesting. It's the second time that Altuve has beaten him. Uh, if you remember the series back at Yankee Stadium in May. Other than that, this is not a pattern for Chad Green, so I would think he has a little bit more of an availability to go close a game, and Jonathan Loizaga is certainly in that mix too. Um, I I would think that's probably where you're going right now if you're Aaron Boone, is Green or Loizaga to close games, and Chapman is still in this nebulous area trying to figure out if he's back to being as dominant as he was in the first couple of months of the season. And clearly, um, you know, he doesn't have the admission that Garrett Cole gave us, but there is a line there that tells you that the minute they started cracking down on pitchers and substances, that Chapman hasn't been the same. So he's going to basically have to prove us wrong if, um, if that is not true. If he, if he wasn't a guy who was using something and now is feeling a little naked without it, he's going to have to prove us wrong because the timeline tells you that is a big factor. But The Yankees clearly have a problem here, trying to come back and trying to figure out how to win close games because they've basically lost their closer for a little while here until he gets it back. And Green and Loizaga are electric but unproven in that role. Uh, Green is very capable. You know closers are going to blow games, even the best of them, but the fact that it happened right then against that team, last game of the break, after you've already lost two other games like that in the course of the last 10 days, that's what really hurts. And I said you know good teams, playoff teams don't lose three of those games all year, let alone in a 10 game stretch. As we inch closer to the trade deadline, which is now 15 days away, you're likely to see some activity finally with the draft behind us and teams really committing to sell or buy. Uh, The Yankees still need a center fielder. Rumors of Joey Gallo make little sense to me. Um, The Yankees need an impact center fielder, uh, somebody who they can play out there every day, a good glove and a good bat, um, and can take Brett Gardner off the field. Uh, who has played way more in the first half than the Yankees anticipated when they re-signed him back for the 2021 season. The one-year deal did not include having him play this often. Of course, Aaron Hicks's injury had a lot to do with that. Now Clint Frazier's injury has a lot to do with that. Uh, and the Yankees are going to have to find somebody to play center field. Now, are they going to play themselves out of a position in the next 10 days, uh, 11 days, to, to make that worthwhile? That's a really big key because the players right now have to do it, and even if they get somebody, it doesn't absolve the players that are on the roster right now. They're the ones who have to dig themselves out of this. It doesn't mean, I mean, you st- you're not replacing the entire roster. You still have D.J. LeMahieu and Glaber Torres. Uh, LeMahieu had a bad first half until the final month of the season, seemed to dig himself out of it. Glaber Torres, is he really going to hit three home runs uh, the entire year? This is not the player the Yankees had two years ago. Uh, The Yankees do have an all-star caliber player in Aaron Judge who's had a very good year. Giancarlo Stanton's been hot and cold. Gary Sanchez came on but got cold again. Uh, These are not all players who are going to be replaceable. Um, These are the players who have to play for you in the second half. Uh, If you're going to get a reinforcement, again, a center fielder is a must here and i think they've you know they've kind of been in the mix uh, or in conversations at least internally for starling marte and we'll see what they can do but remember there are going to be two untouchable players for the yankees in my estimation as they make trade discussions One is Jason Dominguez. I think we all know about him. Played in the Futures game. He's finally playing um, at Class A Tampa, getting real game action. Uh, You've heard about him. He's 18 years old, and his potential is limitless here with everybody who's seen him. The other is Anthony Volpe, who was a first-round pick two years ago out of New Jersey. He is 20 years old, and he has just moved up to high A Hudson Valley uh, just before the All-Star break. Uh, This is a guy who... Um, internally and around the game, people view as a guy who has a lot of potential. It's really showing it. He had a strong year at Low a Tampa and earned the promotion up. I think the difference when you think about minor league prospects who are getting hyped, you see real results and not just about potential. Guys like Esteban Florial, it was all about potential and uh, and what you could see there. Um, when you look at a guy like Anthony Volpe. He performed at a level in A-ball that none of these other guys have. Um, you know, when Again, just using Florial as an example, Florial never performed in A-ball the way Volpe did in the first half of this season. So he earned this promotion off of that, uh, not just uh, whether they felt he was ready physically, approach and all things like that, actual numbers on the page. Um, Volpe put him up. So uh, he's a guy that I think is going to be viewed as untouchable here uh, as trade talks come up. Everybody else, well, I I think there are probably some others in that conversation, but um, it really depends on what the the discussions are, who you're talking about. Is it a player that's a rental? Is it a player that has control? Uh, And then there are going to be some hard decisions to make. But the hardest one is going to be figure out if that addition plus what you have now is going to equal a playoff team. Is it worth making the deal then? Because if this, if these players don't get off the deck, then they're going to cost the Yankees a chance to get, uh, make the playoffs and probably cost somebody their job. I would say mostly Aaron Boone since he's in the final year of his contract. We've talked before about in-season changes, not the Yankees' style. But if the Yankees are flat out of the race here after these next two weeks, um, then you're looking at a situation where... If you know Aaron Boone is coming back next year, then maybe he doesn't make it till the end of the season. And it's been a long time; it's been over 30 years since George Steinbrenner fired somebody in season. Hal Steinbrenner has never done it, and he's talked about the reasons before. And even just very recently, a couple of weeks ago, he didn't lay this at the foot of uh, at the feet of Aaron Boone. He didn't lay this at the feet of Brian Cashman. He laid this at the feet of the players. Uh, now, clearly, somebody's going to have to. Um, Act on that, and if this team, if this season turns into a total disaster, I would think that Aaron Boone is unlikely to come back at the end of you know at the end of the season at the beginning next season. But that's still something that needs to be seen um, because again there have been no indications that it's anything that is imminent or that his job is in jeopardy here. It's just a matter of, listen, obviously if the Yankees are barely a 500 team into August and you're not in a playoff race or you don't think you're good enough to make the playoffs, I know the wild card is a picture here, but right now I'm looking at the division race still because you're still just at the all-star break. But you have to see improvement. You have to see this team playing better. Um, and if they don't, it, it, it will eventually cost Aaron Boone his job because I have a hard time believing the Yankees would re-up him uh, after a a bad, disastrous season when his contract is up at the end of this year. But again, those are discussions for a little bit further on down the road. I do not see anything being imminent here. I want to remind you to subscribe to WFAN's Baseball Insiders. You can get my Yankees reports, Ed Coleman's Mets reports delivered to you. Check them out at Odyssey, Apple Podcasts. Also be sure to subscribe to the 30 with Murdy podcast for some more interesting conversations with baseball and some unrelated to baseball. Got some cool ones coming up for you in the course of the next couple of weeks. I think you'll enjoy. Remember to hit subscribe and review and all that jazz. And until next time, I'm Sweeney Murdy. Thanks for listening. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive.